All right. <clears throat> it's 4.49, and you're listening to the most random podcast in the universe. We're not the worst anymore. I found out there was worse podcasts than ours. And we are clawing away. <laughs> we are bootstrapping ourselves out of non-existence into existence. This is your host, Hacker Mike, and you're listening to the stream of random, whether you like it or not. Maybe you're just too lazy. <laughs> your arms are too heavy to get up and put pause or hit skip. Yes, it is I, that voice in your ear, and get ready for a stream of random nonsense. All right. That's a pretty funny intro, huh? Okay. So I have nothing to talk about today. We can stop the show right now. Not. We're, we're going to go with a pure fl- stream of uh, random thoughts. And whatever pops into my head, we're going to talk about that a little bit. First of all, it's a quarter moon. Venus is on the eastern horizon. It's 43 degrees. There is no clouds to be seen. Quite a few stars. We are here in upstate Pennsylvania on the border between New York and Pennsylvania in the so-called red state where people drive pickup trucks and they don't wear masks. That is the sound of fracking, my friends. It uses up an incredible amount of machinery and oil to produce gas. And if it were to leave, this whole area would collapse horribly economically. And it's funny how Joe from Scranton Joe, which is not far south of here, has obviously probably not been up here in a while. It has bigger things on its priority agenda than um, worrying about a small area of the United States that's totally dependent on fracking. Yeah. But we're not going to be afraid on this podcast. I've heard scary stuff yesterday, but I am not a fear monger. And I want this podcast to be an evergreen. We're not reporting on news. We're not going to give you the updates, and you know where to get those new, that news from. Listen to the No Agenda show. They'll give you the news. Right?
you know, there's a million better places to get the news here than me. And if I just regurgitate some of it, that'll be just for some discussion. So what we can learn from it. But I'm absolutely scared of what I heard yesterday. But you know, some newscasters, they also spray fear and, and live off your fear. And, um, Timothy Leary talks about these reality tunnels. And, um, I'm starting, you know, we started on this podcast here to develop a theory of meaning. So maybe we can apply that to reality tunnels as well. So meaning is not as simple as you think. Let's start off with that. The just staring at the statue. The um it's not easy to just understand what someone is saying directly because there's a lot of information in the background like things that are referenced things that are intended things that are, they are thinking but they could also just be producing random ideas and have no meaning right So, we could study coherent thought, clear thinking, easy to understand thinking, logical arguments, and all those fine parts of, um, you know, English language or general language expression. And, uh... That's all good. And that will help us along, right? We could also like dot our I's and cross our T's and put periods at the end of sentences and capitalize, uh, you know, follow all types of rules on language. And that will help us be understood. So there's a certain amount of formatting that we need to follow. But once we get past that, once we get into the realm of the abstract. Good morning. Once we get into the realm of the abstract, what do we do then? So, yeah, then we get lost, right? We get lost in our thoughts, we get confused, 
and we try and struggle and find a way out. It's that labyrinth of the mind. <clears throat> so bringing out each piece from the mind, from the mind, is not a trivial thing. This is the new theory that I've come up with so far, that it's building a tunnel between the right and the left mind, or between one part of the mind and the other. It's actually a construction process that requires elaboration, that requires multiple iterations, and it's not a trivial thing. Okay. So it's hard to bring out new ideas. And we've also thought that we need to give people multiple ways of viewing them. And it's so hard to bring out new ideas that really you just want to fall back to existing ideas and reuse them. It's like, we're not going to try and go through all that effort to define something new. We can just reuse something that's already defined. But the error that we make, that I made so many years, is that I thought, hey, all of these things are defined. We can just use them, but you can't just use them. Because every system of symbols exists within a power structure. And as we learned from the senator hearings, and we have to continue with those senator hearings, these high-level beings, these senators, do not live on anyone else's terms. They define their own terms. And what they say is correct inside of their own system of terms. And they fight over meaning every step of the way. Later on in the podcast, which I haven't recorded yet, but in the hearing, hold on. Wow, that's a lot of wood. A whole pickup truck, a whole trailer full of lumber. Yeah, so there are still lumber-rich people up here. Um, natural resources, baby. We have a whole bamboo forest at the at the bunker where I'm walking right now. So, okay, I got interrupted. So the um, the guy from Google kept on repeating over and over again his mantra that they give relevant. Um, results 
And um, I have a new term for my podcast. It's a marginal. It's a marginal result. Right? Or a poor result. I'm producing marginal content or dilettantish, dilettant, dilettant content. Okay? It's not professional content. It's marginal content. Now, and they were talking about, um, they introduced all these new classes of community guidelines. And the one they got Alex Jones is with, is with um, what was it called? Uh, hoax. Hoaxes. So you're not allowed to talk about hoaxes on um, on YouTube, or to hoax uh, to claim something as a hoax, or to create hoax videos or fake videos, because that upsets and confuses people. You know, and I can really understand that. I mean, if your family member is killed, and then someone is up there calling it a hoax and making money off of it, selling their <clears throat> selling their products, their uh, essential uh, oils or something, and uh, saying that uh, you know there's a war with a there's a war on, you know that can really upset you. And, um, it would drive you crazy. So, community guidelines, and those are the community guidelines that are being used now, not just on Alex Jones, but more and more people are being deplatformed. And more and more people are falling against the community. Now, do you ever think of what community means? Well, first of all, they say people won't feel safe if they see these things. So they're not going to want to engage. They're not going to want to click on ads. Or they're going to just make a ruckus for the advertisers. You know, we were talking about meaning before. Um, and now we're shifting into an example. So let's just finish up our meaning thing first. Hold on a second. Let me get my little safety light up here. It's so freaking dark. Wear it on my chest. I wonder why it turns off. What the hell is wrong with this thing? It just turns off. I guess it needs new batteries. That could be the problem. I might have to charge the thing. Yep. Okay. 
I'm back onto the street of burning garbage, which is the one street off of Main Street where they burn garbage. Just checking my mic here. Okay, we're all set. Okay. So we see that the professionals define their own terms, define their own models, right? And then people like Alex Jones redefine those terms and redefine those models. And they call this, he calls this a hoax and that a hoax and so forth. So he's like building on top of someone else's model and kind of hijacking it and saying, this is a lie, that is a lie, this is a lie, that is a lie. <clears throat> oh, this was fake, this is fake, this is fake. And he kind of paints this whole, he kind of redefines things in a scary way, right? Um... And he definitely has his own worldview, his own model, which I think is, first of all, one of fear, and then one of profit, profit driving fear, or fear driving profit. And um, he kind of pieces together different conspiracy theories from the internet. And um, gives you a way to look at things. It's a scary way to look at things. And then, uh, so all of these different people are proposing different models, let's say. And then, well, then we have Google, whose model is. This is what I was trying to get at. Now we can make that transition. The model of Google is it has advertising. And advertisers want to place their videos or text ads on YouTube. And people were complaining. The community was complaining and was getting upset by Alex Jones and others, not just him. And then, YouTube was reviewing these things and then using the community, um, using the community feedback to then remove uh, videos or down turn off advertising or funding on videos marginal content like my own and then they would just say like well it's not good content people don't like it and um, that's why we push it to the edge we push it to the margin right can't really place advertising next to it. 
so now I could pay to have my own platform stood up and it would be enormously expensive. Where I could share those costs with other people. And that would be reasonable. And we still have to create the right mix of sharing. And it really comes down to money per stream like how much can you make off of each stream and what does each stream cost you because if I produce an hour worth of audio if I produce an hour worth of audio and repeat myself and drink coffee, take long breaks, because people walk by, or cars drive by, you know, or, or comment on the rooster that I hear. I do hear the rooster again. Now that is um, marginal podcasting. You know, I could edit that out create more signal and less noise and uh, you could say that I have a higher signal to noise ratio on my podcast but is that rooster crowing really noise and I could say this is performance art but again it's dilettante marginal art it's not really art it's an attempt to be a candidate it's dilettantism I'm not really a candidate artist but I am a candidate podcast and I think we saw 1.5 million podcasts and growing I was just reading about that today now we're going to stay on topic but So, the Google model is that you bid against others to have your ad displayed. And the higher the bid, the more money you pay. And you have different demographics about the listeners. They can use that to choose what you bid on. Now I'm talking about AdWords here. I haven't actually done YouTube ads yet. But basically, and I haven't looked at podcast ads, but we're just going to assume... Oh, actually, I am on Google Podcasts. And we're trying to figure out if um, playing on Google Podcasts is going to make... is going to collect... 
if playing on Google Podcasts is going to click, is going to give you view counts on Anchor. So yeah, but I do see them counted in the listener count. It does say Google Podcasts in the listener count on the analytics. Yeah. There are some clouds in the skies. And the Venus and the moon are lining up. And maybe at some point we're going to see the, the crescent moon. The Turkish one again. With Venus above it. I wonder how often that happens. I'm sure we could calculate it. That was the fall of Constantinople, when those two celestial bodies aligned, planets. You gotta love it when people leave their keys in their trucks, the trucks running. shows a certain degree of trust, doesn't it? All right. So we have people bidding for ads. I mean, let's just assume what I know. Let's just tell you what I know about the ad words. as a user running ads and then we can go from there but basically you auction there's an auction and um, well first of all Google will rank the results so if, if the user is searching for something it's going to display the search results at the, on the um, on the side, or it'll be inside of the. Uh, it's going to display the search results ranked, and they could be promoted results, and the ads would be on the side. Now, Twitter always puts the ad as a second hit or third hit in my feed. And every time I see an ad, I always block the person who is advertising. But, um, so first of all, you have to be relevant to the search. Otherwise, you won't be surfaced at all. Right? So if you're not relevant to the search, then you're going to be at the bottom of the pile and um, you're not going to have any hits. You're not going to have any impressions. An impression is when it's just displayed on the screen. You're not going to have any clicks. Click is when they actually click on it to view it. And um, <clears throat> and 
and every little thing has a um, asset or whatever or post or content has a different tracking on Twitter so basically they're counting your views and with podcasts I guess they're counting how long you listen to what part and then um, so they have a different bean counting system okay so first they'll they'll try and understand what the content is and how it relates to other content And then they'll try and rank that for your search. And then they'll try and find adv advertisers to um, display against it. So marginal content is either not easy to uh, search for not easy for the machine to understand and we have been trying to stress the machine out on this podcast <clears throat> you know if you put your text in backwards the machine ain't going to understand that very well so they were talking about beefing up their efforts and and really, at, on this Senate hearing, I think it was the Democrats, I'll have to get the names, but he was talking about, you know, asking for more and more policing and better and better algos and more and more power to fight all of these bad things on the internet. The government was asking them to be their their police dogs, right? And um, <clears throat> and this is slowly getting into the idea of meaning. Maybe we have to understand meaning isn't the idea of Google. Like, how does Google define our meaning? How does Google define keywords, right? Because that is the meaning that is rele relevant to even have your content surfaced, meaning displayed. So maybe we should study that a little bit and get, get ourselves hip to the SEO lingo. And I guess we'll have to do a whole study on that, but I don't know all of it. I'm trying, I'm trying. Okay, we're at the airport. We're at the airport road, and I hope I'm not going to get rolled up on again. So I have a new rule for myself. That normally you walk with your face to traffic. 
but on roads with only one car going. And it turns out that all the cars are going into town at this time in the morning and not coming, not leaving town except one, which I saw going to the airport at four or five in the morning. And I can see the cars coming from far away because I see them coming down the hill. I can see their lights. Like I see a car coming, like up on the hill right now, coming down the hill. It's just one car, just winding through the mountain. So, so maybe we have to understand our model, but see, this is where we get into machine learning models. And the models are just numbers, right? So Alex Jones gets classified as training data, right? They're going to have like different community guidelines and they're going to have different, so yeah. Okay. So I see a car coming and I'm just going to go on the other side of the road. So I give them clear berth. Like it doesn't really matter if I'm facing traffic on it. I want to be as far away from these cars as possible. I don't want them... One of them actually uh, turned towards me on the bridge yesterday, which was upsetting. So I'm going to stay as far off the road as I can make it. Even if that means I'm walking on the grass a little bit. Maybe they'll get used to me after a while. They see me every day. It's like, oh, there's that guy again. So maybe the first time they thought, oh, well, that's weird. But if they see me every day at the same time, they'll be like, oh, that's that guy again. Not so much to be afraid of. So that's kind of like giving a meaning. Okay, we have the next car coming. First was a pickup. This one looks like a, a smaller car. Not as loud. Yeah, turn off the high beams, lady. Yeah. So, we're struggling here, but we're making some progress. So they'll have training data, and they'll have different community guidelines. And these community guidelines are people reporting things and saying, you know, flagging videos. And when videos get flagged enough, they'll get reviewed and they'll make it into training data and they'll get analyzed. <clears throat> I guess they'll get looked at by some experts who are going to classify them. 
but eventually they're just going to be sent to the millennials working minimum wage jobs in Austin who are going to do like the watching these crappy videos. Now they say they're uploading 500 hours a minute of content and they're trying to uh, analyze that. I can only assume that Google is currently analyzing this podcast when it reaches it. Okay, so now <clears throat> we don't know exactly how Google works, but this is what we heard from the hearing. So what we've seen is organized groups of people who are strategically working together to take down and flag content. Organized protest basically online and those organized protests are using the algorithms now have we ever considered and what we learned from our senate hearing and i haven't talked about all of this is that there are thousands of employees at google that work together to do political action so they would boycott a committee if they there was a conservative person on there and also they all vote for Hillary so this implicit bias that the employees have we could also call it let's say insider knowledge so if they have insider knowledge and they could also put in back doors Right? Or be coders, or be tipped off by coders, like, okay, this is a glitch, and this is an exploit, and this is what you have to do. If you follow this procedure using insider knowledge, you can get this content taken down. And then they could leak that to disavowed agents, black op agents, meaning undercover agents who would work together in public as some protest group to uh, get content taken down or flagged. So we haven't really considered this side of things, that we could actually see Silicon Valley insiders working together politically to game the algo. I was talking in this tyranny of the algo, I was talking about um, <clears throat> I was talking about the algo controlling the people, right? But I haven't considered yet this is the new and this will be the topic of this um, podcast that um, so the theory is, let me just repeat it for clarity, given a set of algorithms and given a set of business procedures for curating training data for those algorithms and given insider knowledge of those algorithms that not even the government has um, 
So given insider knowledge of these algorithms, it would be possible to use public action or organize public action for political purposes to achieve censorship results while Google still claims while Google still claims to be nonpartisan in terms of their algo. So they're like, oh yeah, our algorithm is not biased, but well, some of our employees are partisan, but we don't let them you know, we don't control them. They have free speech and they can self-organize in the way they want, but we're very careful not to allow any impropriety. Okay. But now we're going to say that there's insider trading. I'm going to allege that there's an insider trading or insider leaking of algorithmic exploits or hacking tips to hack the algorithms and they could also actually be building those features in. They could be creating backdoors for themselves to allow the amplification of their own message in a way that is not visible by the corporate overlords. They just see tickets and they can mask themselves and they can hide their intent, right? so that a clique or a group of insiders in Google that are remain hidden could be political operatives working with a clique or group of people outside of Google who are political operatives being coordinated in such a way to work together to get content taken down as part of a legitimate process which is being exploited in a um, biased political manner. So there you go. There's a theory right there. I kind of like it. <clears throat> so we're going to listen to more. So now we have a theory. We have a model which we have to improve, we're going to work on this model. So we're going to have our, um, we're going to have our hacker, insider hacker, and then we're going to have our insider, let's call it product owner or product manager, who gets to help decide what gets worked on. We have our insider hacker who knows how the algorithm works. Then we have our, let's call them, oh, let's call them Austinite Millennials, disenfranchised Austinite Millennials, who understand the flagging system, and who's overseeing them? What if they have a bias? And what if, so let's just say we have an entire faction, right, an entire swath, we have a scrum team, okay? 
Now a scrum team was, is like a team with people from all different areas. of the group working together um, with different skills, diverse backgrounds and all that. So we have a scrum team inside of the companies, political operatives working together with groups outside of the company to form a fast track way and what's the insider information that's being shared to the political advantage of the pack <clears throat> of the team is how to censor these um, opponents and how to defeat political opponents. And what's being shared are tips and tricks on how to, let's say, reduce costs how to uh, game the system, how to exploit glitches, maybe information on exploits, let's call them, vulnerabilities in the neutrality, okay? So we're gonna propose that there is a glitch in the matrix, there's a glitch in the neural network, the machine learning matrix, the training of the model, or just the model. So there exists a glitch in the model, and uh, someone discovers that, and that glitch um, is an error, but instead of it being fixed immediately, it's exploited politically. and then um, eventually fixed. But that time that it takes for it to get fixed, that's a gain in value politically that's being used. And if you have enough of these, um, you can tilt the system in one way or another while still saying, like they say, oh yes, we're constantly working on improving our neutrality, yes. Um, and they say to this family with a daughter who's, the daughter who gets um, murdered on video, they're like, oh yeah, well all you have to do is report the video. That's all you gotta do. is reported. It's the family when there's thousands and thousands of videos. So yeah, that's all you gotta do is organize your team of people working nonstop to report the video because that's what you need to do. So these squads, these clicks, are um are what you need to build and uh wow yeah so that's our model for today this is the first part of the show i have now arrived or almost arrived at the bunker where i'm going to continue to sort
I did so much sorting, oh my god, yesterday, and I'm going to sort a couple of boxes this morning and then head back and start my work day. Yesterday I did 15,000 steps or so, so I'm pretty good on track with steps. This is all working out very well. And, um, I think we have discovered, we have created a theory, a model, from with which we can start to observe, and when we continue with our Senate hearings, we're going to fit pieces of what we hear into this model and try and improve it, and maybe I should write it up in an abstract way, not to sound too political, but I'm going to call it the insider, um, let's see, insider threat, political, insider political, the threat of a, no, the, the political, or social, the exploitation of machine learning vulnerabilities or biases in a social and political landscape. How's that? I think this deserves to get written up. Well, before we write it up, we're going to just podcast about it for a couple of episodes and just work it out on voice. And then maybe I can just transcribe it or write it down. But we're going to think through this out loud. And hey, you heard this occurring right here. The genesis of this idea occurred on this episode of this podcast. So, booyaka. And we have arrived at the bunker. Oh, and... I got me an iPod um, 2 with 8 gigabytes. Alright, so I'm trying to charge that up. Hope it works. Okay, party people, we are entering phase 2. Phase 2 of the podcast. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. I have been sorting and cleaning, well sorting. I have two toolboxes full of tools. Um, I found a camcorder, cassette recorder player, um, uh, attachments for hoses, for uh, sinks, all types of plumbing equipment, fittings. Um, Invisible tape, I guess, for a typewriter. Lots of that. Cassette tapes. Man, I even found a nice Prisma that I'm going to give to my son because he's learning about Prisma and light in school. Um, yeah, I found all types of um, coins pennies and stuff, bags of pennies, 
I found some artwork that my brother did, really amazing art. I'm going to ask him if I can use some of it as album art. Yeah, let's see. Oh, I took some amazing pictures here. It's so beautiful. I'm going to start sharing some of it. It's just amazing. I mean, this is just an amazing shot. Uh, here, let me see if I can capture this without the uh, garbage on the road. Yeah. I'll try and use some of that for my album art. And I'm quite happy with the way things are developing in our theory. So we really get into <clears throat> power structures and we have uh, three power structures so far in this Senate hearing, and we're still analyzing just the first part. We have the Republican power structure, we have the Democrat power structure, right? So that's our dialectic between the um, censorships and the, uh, what do we call them? The, um, the freedom people. So we have the censors and we have the uh, liberals, I would say, uh, uh, liberty-minded people in terms of speech. <clears throat> and then we have the advertisers. Now these advertisers happen to be also the senators themselves when they're running for re-election and the politicians are also advertisers on Google right so they're not completely um, you know nonpartisan because they're part of the system so we have the advertisers who represent another power structure and then we have the hardware manufacturers software manufacturers, let's say, and then we have the Google ads, right? And then we have the content creators, the marginal and professional content creators. <clears throat> so we have these different factors and forces, and it turns out that the marginal content creators are really well, they're the long tail. They cost a lot to host. Nobody wants them, right? They're not driving traffic. Um, and they just cost money. I guess the storage is the real cost, right? The storage is the real cost. I mean, the bandwidth. So even if you have one episode of no agenda and it's downloaded a million times in a week then um you know that's just one three-hour file but it's just going to kill your uh, bandwidth right that's going to cost a lot of money if you pay for bandwidth now if you are a <clears throat> tier one internet provider you don't pay for bandwidth but you do because you have 
hardware. You only have so many switches and so many routers, and your network can only support so much bandwidth. Like you have a maximum bandwidth that you can do at any given time. And you also have the internal routing because you might be getting that traffic from someone else, right? Or internally. So there's all types of constraints on this system, natural constraints, physical constraints, um, <clears throat> which go into the cost function. And the cost function is just going to basically decide who gets to use that pipe, right? Is it Netflix? Right? Who's got paying customers? Um, but what movie of Netflix is it going to be? Right? Like, which copy of which movie are you going to cash? and have on your data center. So we get into all types of locality of data, where is it going to be copied, right? What's going to make the consumer happy? And if you have an uncomfortable message like we do, like this podcast is not designed to be easy listening. We're not designed to be unchallenging, right? This is not something you listen to in the background. I'm asking you for your attention here, right? to help me. So we are a de demanding podcast, right? Um, we're asking you for your help in understanding this. We're asking you for your feedback because we're such a small community. It's a tiny group of people. And not everyone listens every day either. Um, but I'm hoping that this episode will get more than 10 listens, because I'm going to promote it a little bit. And I ask you, too, if you enjoy it, to maybe tell someone, hey, you might want to listen to this guy. He finally produced something that I can share. Hey. So, that's the social uh, sharing. And... Um, <clears throat> That will increase our reach, and uh, maybe we can start to, I don't know, bootstrap this thing to find more listeners who will promote it and find more listeners who promote it, but I guess we also have to really, we have to really pull ourselves together here. I can't just go on and on and on about the shit that's in my head. That ain't nobody got time for. But censorship is definitely something that's worth talking about. So when the problem is, is that if you're marginal content, I guess I need to work on my album art. I need to work on my presentation. Um, make it a little more snazzy, a landing page. I think I really need to uh, host this on a blog. I think I have a WordPress somewhere. All those things, all those things, but it should also all be automatic. 
if we could just drive it from the podcast itself, insert editing commands into the podcast itself, that'd be awesome. And basically be able to edit the whole thing and produce it all with the sound of your voice. Right? And then it would like, oh, cut out those editing commands and just execute them. That would be pretty cool. So a program that would consume the podcast, it would, let's say, remove car noises, remove long pauses, normalize the audio, um, <clears throat> extract the title. Uh, if I say the podcast title will be blah, 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 end title or something. I mean, those are voice commands that we could probably uh, program in. So, we talked about this on some previous episodes. Um, I guess those would be the tools that other people could use as well. And um, we're going to think about all this more. You know, if they could pay some sats, some satoshis, some micropayments to make, to suggest changes. And I would um, reimburse them for accepted changes or something. I could build up trust. I mean, how about that? You pay to propose a comment and then you're reimbursed when the community accepts it. A transactional moderation system to avoid spam. Well, we still have to pay for all those in-betweens. And I guess this is all just some power company, you got the burning coal, you got the solar energy, you got the molten silicon, you got all those things, you got the internet pipes and wires and cables and infrastructure. All those things need to be paid for. Just so we can share this message. Okay. But, uh, you know, this is advertising for ourselves. So if a podcast says they don't do advertising, but they're talking about themselves, they're really advertising themselves right if they make claims about themselves or self-aggrandize or compliment themselves or those are really that's a really a form of advertising or pitching themselves to reinforce that you like them whether they're good 
if the topic is something else, then it's content. But if the topic is yourself, it's advertising of some form. <clears throat> so I guess we're doing some advertising here or some lamentation, self-analysis, therapy session. We'll see. But we're trying to get to is back to the model of the uh, content creator, the artist, the musician. And my wife is a musician and she spends hours and hours and hours on a piece. It's not just something she presses play and records. It's not some improv. It's a studied piece that she goes over and over and over and over again, refining and refining and refining, improving. And she builds these mental models. She commits the music to her, um, what do you call it, spinal cord, her muscle memory, the base level uh, limbic system it gets out of the cerebral cortex from the higher level and goes all the way down to the lower level and that requires training and um, that's the building of neural networks or training of neural networks adjusting of them It has to be refreshed over and over again or it gets lost. And um, that's also what we're doing here with this podcast. We're building networks. We're building neural pathways. We're building bridges over time. And um, I hope we're improving. So... <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to go quiet soon. Oh, did I forget my cup of coffee? Did I forget my cup of coffee? I think I forgot my cup of coffee. Yeah. Looks like the trash is still smoldering. Everyone's got their trash barrels out. Okay. So we have these different players, these different power structures. Now, the podcaster or artist himself can be a member of any one of the other power structures. I mean, there's no, there's no saying, like these memberships could be fluid. And then we could, you know, go into the Google area where you've got a member of a political party, member of the company, member of the software manufacturing side of the company, member of the machine learning training or testing side adjustment member of the quality control team whatever they call them the Austinites 
operators. So all these different memberships could be combined or grouped together, linked together in a communication network and a click for the purpose of censorship or for the purpose of liberation. So maybe what we need to do is we need to form a network for liberation, for fighting for liberty, to oppose the censorship. And maybe we have to use <clears throat> the same methods, the same weapons against them and expose the censorship. Maybe we have to do more social media boosting. And that's what I was kind of talking about before. Just reflecting over that. So maybe I need to produce better content that's less marginal. Like better graphics, better text. Something more shiny, more polished. Better looking. More aesthetically pleasing easier to consume. <sighs> like the White House press secretary with blonde blonded hair. So maybe we can get her to act as our press secretary and people will listen, just look at her and say, Wow, look at that. But um, the problem is, is that um, as a person, as an individual, you're still very much limited in all your um, you're limited in all your uh, endeavors. In terms of computing power, yep, we're gonna have to find our niche and grow it. Okay, well, I think by reflecting over this stuff and improving over time, something will emerge. And um, maybe someone wants to do some art. Maybe someone wants to help make a jingle for the podcast. Maybe someone wants to make some show art or help out to contribute back and create a network together to think about these things and discuss them together and maybe we need to organize uh, on the side of individualism as opposed to corporatism but will that not become a corporation in some form is it a federated individual like where does one how does that work how do you get a bunch of liberty-minded people to work together 
how do you even get people to care? Like, why does even anyone care about this? What if you say, hey, I'm happy to pay my fee and be censored, and, you know, I got my life is easy going. It's like, choose life. Or choose heroin. Like, what about the choice to just take oxycodone? You know? Like, why should I bother with all this? Yeah, so, um, I was on Twitter the other day, and this person said, oh, I told you about that. They're like, oh, I'm going to kill myself because of this lockdown. It's like, why don't you get out of the city? They didn't write back to me. I hope they didn't kill themselves. Yep. And on that positive note, kids, we're going to switch topics. I'm going to talk about something. Boy, it smells like diesel again. It's like in the same spot without the cars. Where's that diesel smell coming from? Okay, I think I've had enough for today. I'm gonna relax myself. I don't even have my coffee to drink. Maybe I'll go grab a coffee at uh, the local corner store. And I hope you have a great day and you enjoyed listening. And um, yeah, send me some feedback. Hey, you know that on Anchor at that FM, you can record a voicemail, and we also have a number you can dial in, and it's on the um, anchor.fm.s slash s-t-r-e, a-n-c-h-o-r dot f-m slash s-t-r-e, that's alpha for a, um, north, north pole, or norbert for n, Charlie for C. Hotel for H. O is um, Oscar. Romeo for R. And dot com. Oh, no, not dot FM. It's dot FM, so it's uh, F is for uh, Frederick. Or um, Foxtrot. Foxtrot. And then M is um, Mike. Slash Sierra for S. T for Tango. R for STR. R for Romeo. E for Echo. There you go. And you all have a great day.